So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the only F1 podcast that will give you enough space. Move over, Chica, I, I can't fit. I don't care. Oh. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the fastest F1 podcast in history. And we're done. Yeah, goodbye. It's the best episode we've ever done. Welcome to, for Formula One's sake, the F1 podcast that categorically denounces fans that boo drivers they don't like. I don't, I, you know, I'm all for, I'm, sorry, I'm all for a bit, I'm all for booed. a bit of banter. No, I'm all we've for a bit of banter. Every single oh, driver. come on. When have we ever and every single listener? <laughs> when have we ever been rude about a driver? Yes, we're the second best Formula One podcast. Yeah, we'll talk later. I'm Chica Rez, and today, from the Sheaf in Southwark, we are going to talk a bit about the Italian Grand Prix. It was a proper old-fashioned motor race on an old track with slipstreaming and crashes and tantrums and the winner booed on the podium. All that was missing was casual sexism and banking. Joining me is a man who has also been to Italy. It's Phil Tromans. Yes, what I didn't want to... Oh, I don't know. Was there anything going on in Italy at the where, weekend? Where, where in Italy were you? Where was I in Italy? Well, let's just say northern Italy. <gasps> you, were you in Monza? Was I in Monza? No, I was in Turin to drive the new Fiat 500X. I knew you wouldn't be. Hang on, 500X? Yes. Does that mean it's bigger? Have you ever wanted a Fiat 500 and thought, no. wait, this is impractically small? No. Yes? Well then the Fiat 500X could be for you because it's a big SUV, well it's a small SUV but it's an SUV that takes the styling of the Fiat 500 and makes it bigger Why don't they call it like a Fiat 1000? Because they're trying to get on the thing about the 500 But it's just a number Uh, There's the 500L as well, which is like a big fat 500 That should be the (laughs) 5000 Well, I'll pass pass your thoughts on to Fiat Did you like it? Um, It's all... It's, its entire selling point is the looks. If you like the looks and you go, oh, look, it looks like a Fiat 500, but bigger, then, you, then you it's like, all right. If you're into curves. Yeah, if you're into car. sort of retro Italian cars, but bigger, then it's all right. If you buy one, you probably won't be unhappy with it, but there are better cars of that type. Okay, and alongside him is a man who put up a shelf. It's Terry Saunders. Actually, I want to correct you there, Chica. I put up two shelves no. next to each other with a perfect line between them, like connecting. But Doesn't that just yeah, mean one yeah. shelf? But it was like two bits of wood <laughs> oh, right. with four brackets, and they're all oh. so level. I did it with a laser. Oh. They're all so it's just like burned a, a hole in the you wall. you got a laser spirit level thing? I've got a laser, a laser spirit level, level that I bought on like <laughs> Amazon Black Friday like six years ago. And today went, fuck, I got this thing. Right, it, this one today was Sunday just before the race, mm-hmm. and I was drilling holes. So I've got to drill eight holes in four brackets. You know, not a big job. And, Still you know, pretty manly. I'd measured it the night before. 
put the drill on charge, everything was going well. I'm on hole number six, and there's a buzz on the doorbell, but it's my neighbour who uh, is, let's just say, slightly annoying, and he's complaining about the noise, and he just says, oh, excuse me, uh, I've got a viewing, like he's going to set his flat or something, and there's people going around in like 40 minutes, can you maybe stop drilling? And he does it in a kind of, I want to say like passive-aggressive way, but it's a kind of, we're that close to me just saying, fuck you and slamming the door, because yeah. there's been so many things between us. So how did you respond? Well, I, I was really polite and went, I've only got, because I, I was honest, I went, I've only got two more holes to drill, then I'm done thanks bye and it was all cheery and then went in the room and I got really angry with myself for not being angry because I'm just like I don't want him thinking he's got the better of me so what I did was got the London's Burning by The Clash and turned my stereo up to full <laughs> played it went out for a bit <laughs> and came back with about five minutes to spare then turned it off because I'm not a total douche I don't want to I don't want to screw up his viewing because frankly you I, want him to go. I want him to move out yeah, yeah. but I want him to be stewing there for a good 20 minutes whilst whilst I act like a petulant teenager. <laughs> and the thing is, when he, when he was round, when he, when he knocked on the door, I was playing Simon and Garfunkel. Aww. Quite gentle, even because, loud, that's quite nice. What done to you. I know. Where, where do you stand on people acting like petulant teenagers? Uh, do you know what? I'm against it, Phil. And I think that we might come on to that later on in the show. Chica. <laughs> yeah. What the hell have you been up to? Well, Chica, what have you been up to? It's been a Sorry. busy, busy week. Last weekend... My friend from school, who's been away five months, came back from her travels. Oh. So Where has she been? She has been to all ha- the places. Oh, can we guess? Go on then. Southeast Asia. No. Southeast oh. London. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Five months you haven't She's seen. She's been on the DLR. Wow. <laughs> seen the wonders of Deptford. Five months on anything you've been in DLR. And yeah, so she came back, and so we met her at the uh, tra- at Paddington. We were all dressed up in party hats. Hang on, she came oh. back from her travels to Paddington. No, she's she's come back to Devon, but she came back to London. Right. Don't look at your watch. This story doesn't really get any better. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that was it, and uh, we had Colin the caterpillar cake, all of the stuff to oh, greet you know, her. Can, sorry, millennial. Can I can I cut in about this Colin the caterpillar cake thing? <laughs> Because this has been happening all over the place. Oh, Hang on, sorry, no, what? I don't know you what know you're talking book? about. No. Is it The Hungry Caterpillar? The Very, very Hungry, hungry caterpillar. caterpillar. Right, yes. The, the, the Marks Spencer's do a cake that's basically non-copyright infringing Colin the Caterpillar. But oh, okay. We you know, know it's the, the caterpillar isn't called Colin, though, is it? Yeah, no, but it's, it's just The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Okay. But Waitrose got one. I think it's Catherine or something. Exactly. They're all getting in on this caterpillar cake game. And you fucking millennials are fucking... You go, oh, isn't it funny? Look, it's that book from childhood, well, but not quite right. actually, for my friend's 30th, we had a, a plan. And so that the first people arrived were like, oh, I bought you a Colin the Caterpillar cake. Oh, I bought you one too. And every single person at that party had bought him a uh, Colin the Caterpillar cake. Colin the Caterpillar cake which was planned in advance that wasn't so it was quite funny I mean, at the not, time it's, it's not jackass is it <laughs> I've got to be honest pranks. I've been jealous of the millennials until now <laughs> let's kick off with Listener's Corner which after an action packed weekend at Monza is full of things to talk about and scoff at so where better to begin than with Roman Grosjean, who put in a thoroughly decent performance and was rewarded with disqualification for being a filthy cheat with an illegal floor. We won't get bogged down in the technical details, because I don't really understand them, but it was for reasons which Hayes should have sorted and didn't. Kevin Barry says, that's what you get for bringing a f- 
floored floor. Well, well done, Kevin. Good yeah. Very line. good. I think that's, that's a particularly good visual pun. Well done. And this means, as Colin Wilts points out, so Williams bag a double points finish. Yes, Sorokin. Discuss. So basically, ha. So, so this is what happened. I've looked into this. So the FIA changed the rules about floors. It's very boring. I mean, how can anything about floors be interesting? It's about the diameter of the radius of the corners. Isn't You've it? made it sound more boring than even I could. You know, it's like it's but not more do, boring than it actually is. Yes, yeah, something to do with the shape and size of the thing that goes on the bottom of the car. Whoopsie do. Now. The FIA said you've got to have this done by Italy, and Haas said, well, there's a summer break, and, you know, we're a small team, we can't afford to do it, but we will do it by Singapore. Is that all right? And they didn't get a reply to the email, so they went, oh, we didn't get a reply, it must be fine. So they carried on with their floor. Renault, who did do it, were looking at Haas's floor going, oh, that floor looks like it's the old specifications, I can tell that with my naked eye. So <laughs> Renault, dirty fucking snitches, complained to the FIA and said, it looks like Haas haven't changed their floor, to which the FIA went, all right, Haas, is this right? You haven't changed your floor? And Haas went, well, we sent you an email, we didn't get a reply. No reply doesn't mean we say yes. But come on, FIA, they should have replied and gone, actually, no, that's not fine. So, for once, I'm not coming down on Haas on this. FIA were... Dickhead. Reply to an email. Reply you to can't a fuck. Do See, that. I, d- I, d- I don't want to doubt your research, Terry, but the account I read said they did have a reply that said. Went to the spam folder, did it? That said, <laughs> yeah, well, that's possible. Uh, that said that, you know, if you don't do it, you know, maybe we'll overlook it, but if another team complains, you know, it's against the rules, so we'll have to uphold it. That feels I mean, like- either way, they should have done it. That feels like someone got copied in, but Haas got copied out of it, and you know. I mean, it might well have happened. If anybody is genuinely interested in. BCC'd in, I think. Yeah. If anybody is genuinely interested in what actually happened. Nobody is, Phil. Don't even continue that sentence. Chainbear F1 uh, on uh, YouTube did a very interesting video about it. Well done. But that's actual genuine information, so we won't go into it. Don't want that on this podcast. (laughs) It did mean that Williams got double points finish. Yeah, well, I mean, not not double point, not Abu Dhabi double point. Double. No, no, no. They two. got two cars finishing in the points. Which, what is going which, on? in what, fairness, whoopsie fucking do. Well, no. I mean, fucking Stroll got into Q3, for God's sake. I don't sake. care. They weren't oh, seven too little, too late. No. I mean, yes, yes, that is true. But for Williams, for the last few years, that's a reason to celebrate. No, it isn't. This, they're on the least points they've had for the last few... Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. Yes, it is. Okay, carry on. However, Tristan Clayton asks, are McLaren and Williams now the equivalent of Tyrrell, Lotus and Arrows in the 1990s? Are we witnessing their final twitching death throes? Yes. No. Yes. Okay, in terms why? Of being, why? In terms of being competitive anytime soon, I mean, they're very sick and they're not showing any signs of getting better anytime soon. In terms of them collapsing, both Williams and McLaren have business interests outside of F1. McLaren has their applied technologies, whatever they're called, and Williams has their advanced engineering. They do other stuff to make money outside of F1, unlike pretty much all other teams apart from the manufacturers who make cars. So... That's I not think true. they'll, um, they'll probably be okay. Force India. Force India now have got Perez doing a paper round <laughs> in a week. <laughs> So, um, I don't think they're going to collapse and go away. I think they'll still be there. I don't see, unless their other businesses go exceedingly well and they get a lot of money, I don't see them becoming any good anytime soon. Terry. In five years, Williams would have been bought by someone. Who? McLaren. Peugeot. 
Oh, have you got insider knowledge that we should know about? Nope. Okay. That's just the first thing that came into my head. Fact. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Monza was also notable for some world-class stropping by Max Verstappen. After being given a penalty for forcing Bottas off the road, young Max was exceedingly rude on the radio. I mean, he was more than rude. He was a prick. Anyway, Wes Paul Stop says, just in case we forget how much of a sport brat Max is, he reminded us in emphatic style, not only sideswiping Bottas into the heaviest brake zones of the year and then went about the rest of the race moaning that I don't care. Absolute muppet, nice way of putting it. Jake Yorath asks, which driver would win the Nigel Mansell He Who Dares Wines Award for 2018? Do we know what that means? Yes, it's a play on the He Who Dares Wins No, I know quip. that, but obviously Jake's a friend of the pod, so we yeah. don't want to rip into him too much. But What the what? hell? I think what it's a good mean? question. But the, I mean, why I presume is there he's a Nigel Mansell He Who Dares Wines? Oh, because Nigel Mansell, you know, love him or loathe him. Wined? He did wine And he was in the SAS, is that what we're saying? That is, I think that's what Jake's saying. Jake, Maybe, if you could clarify. Do you think, what's that, what's that word they use when soldiers come down on a line? Tripalling. No, 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 no that's been, when you turn it to their head. head. <laughs> What's it called? That's going to ruin the operation. You know, where they go... Um, repel. Repelling. 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 It's like, it, were the little soldiers repelling down from Mansell's moustache? Was the joke I was going to go for there. And if you edit that, that's going to sound fucking funny. Right, <laughs> well, so, Max Verstappen. Right, shall I begin? T- I mean, Terry, this seems like your prime material, so I'm sure you have a lot to say on the matter. Away you go. Well... I don't have, I mean, I don't have much to say because he is a dirty fucking liar. Uh, There's one thing, driving like a bellend, and he does that. He's the biggest bellend out there. That's fine. Whoa, that's a bold claim. He is the biggest bellend out there. I can't think of anyone more bellendish than Max Bellendston. With all these fucking orange fans coming up. If you go on any Instagram or Facebook or Twitter post and see someone... um, uh, defending Max Verstappen. The good thing about the Dutch is their names are very obvious. Oh, hello, man. My name is Mr. Van der Velk and I'm a big fan of Max Verstappen. How dare you? And, uh, so it kind of belies any kind of checking because what he did was <laughs> he pushed Bottas off the road to the point where Bottas was squeezed off of the road and then was penalised for not leaving a car's width, which is the rule, and then said, I did leave a car's width, even though he didn't leave a car's width because there was half a car on the road, (laughs) right? So there is no way he left a car's width. Now, there's all fine to be in the heat of battle going, you know, I don't want to lose this place or whatever. But when you've been proven to be demonstrably wrong, and then the team say, let him go and hurry up, otherwise you're going to lose points because of your penalty, and he goes, I don't care. I like that is the driver who is more powerful than the team and if a driver is more powerful than the team you end up with McLaren and Alonso so that guy is a liability they've lost Ricardo, possibly because of Verstappen and they've got Gasly coming in next year who who knows how he's going to go I don't know but he seems Bull, too sweet and innocent for yeah. all this Red Bull are on a downward slope they've got they're going to have a difficult year with Honda next year I reckon and they've got a petulant shit driving for them and now he's Mr Big Daddy Balls I am I am you know woo look at me I'm the lead driver and this is going to go badly so shoot him how long is his contract for? just a, until a million years until he matures um, a million years I mean as, as you know I am a big fan of Verstappen I think he's an excellent young prospect 
but I'm finding it very difficult to disagree with you. Um, he drove like a bit of a bell end, acted like a bit of a bell end. Mm. I want to pick you up on the point you just made. Are you suggesting that Red Bull, being on a downward slope, are heading the way of McLaren and Williams? I think it's possible. With a shitty engine, and they've got rid of their, maybe not quickest driver, but more emotionally mature driver. I just, you could, the thing with Formula 1 is, you never know what's going to happen in terms of, but it's always cyclical. So, you know, you look at 10 years ago, McLaren at the top. You look at five years ago, Red Bull were winning five years in a row, and they've not come close to winning in the last few years. You know, it's only one step down, and they'll be, if, if Renault up their game next year, um, and do you think they could? And they, they, they will keep saying they will, and it's possible. You know, Red, if Red Bull, especially if they keep dobbing people in. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's as long as they keep on to like the, Adrian Newey is really their star driver, and as long as they keep <laughs> hold of him, then they're always going to be up there. But as soon as they lose him, they're a very mediocre team these days. I mean, you jest, but I've seen Adrian Newey drive at the Goodwood Revival, and he's not a very good driver. <laughs> I've seen him crash some very expensive cars. Well, Helmut Marco said, I think this week. That if the Honda experiment doesn't work, then Red Bull will be gone. Oh fuck that! That's so, like he, the, I mean, even in fairness, he says Red stuff Bull like have that gone lot. very Ferrari with their. We're leaving. <laughs> yeah, I'm I not. I didn't have chips. I'm not spitting. I'm leaving this restaurant. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Oh, and Jake's question: Who would win the whining award? Which I don't understand. Max Verstappen next. So Paul Hinton wants to know: Like Perez's one skill of making a set of tyres last a whole season. Does Bottas have any other skills apart from holding other drivers up for Hamilton? I mean, he's he, got a very square head. He's the politest young man, and when you're so in a nice group, to have that, when it? you're good, when you're in a group, he'll hold the door open for you and just stand there whilst everyone else goes through the door, <laughs> and then he's last. He looks a bit like a Lego man. He does look like a Lego man. He's got the squarest head since David Coulthard. I was on a flight for Turkish Airlines, and their whole flight safety film is a Lego animation. Ooh. I think Bottas could do that oh. when he retires next year. What? He seems like a lovely man. But yes, he's, he's, he's Mercedes bitch, really, isn't he? Darren Shepsman asks, how about justice for Brendan? He barely makes it off the start line, gets taken out of the race, and not even an investigation to the Sauber for causing it. Justice for Brendan does sound a bit like fathers for justice. I think it'd be quite nice <laughs> if some like balding middle-aged men dressed as superheroes just protest at every race. <laughs> Come <laughs> on, Brendan! <laughs> We're not going mean, to pay for you! Well, he is the unluckiest driver I've seen in... I mean, I can't even remember how long. He's every, basically, almost every single race, something calamitous happens to him. He didn't even make it to the first corner. He's and basically, it was no fault of his own. I'm reckoning that he's actually Wiley Coyote. <laughs> <laughs> he's got this whole plan. I've got a career. I've got a car. And... <laughs> Marcus Ericsson drops an anvil on him. Oh. So another news. Marcus Ericsson had a massive crash. Crikey, did you see it? It was a big old crash. That was a big. That's the biggest crash I've had in a while. It was good. Possibly <laughs> since um, Alonso at Melbourne it last a, year, was it? Two years ago. Two years ago. I have one oh, on wow. It was a very indie car crash, I thought. It, it was, was a random one as well. Like, the, what's going on with, with so, Sauber's DRS? It's where they're hiding all the money. Ah. In the wing. <laughs> I'm sure this is harking back to an episode a while ago. They're money laundering by stuffing used notes in the DRS slot. Right. And it's jammed it up. Yeah, and you're saying that's why he it didn't shut. had an enormous accident. Yeah. Um, but it was good to see him get out and be absolutely fine. And the second race in a row, when uh, probably the halo didn't hurt. I need a halo. So as we meet here in the pub, speculation is rife that Ferrari are about to announce Charles Leclerc to replace Raikkonen. 
And it may have happened by the time you hear this. So, is 2018 the last we'll see of Kimi in F1? Where could he go? Even after this weekend? I mean, by the end of the year, I don't think he's going to go this weekend. No, no, I mean, even despite this weekend. Oh, I see. He did very well. He did very well. He came in Apart from when he threw it away. But I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to say anymore that Kimi Rock is not going to be in Formula 1 next year. He's like the cockroaches of Formula 1. No. Uh, you're right he'll outlive us all <laughs> did I do this joke last week I feel like I may have done yeah, we, yeah we, we've, we've done let's do it again let's do it again fine no, no, fuck no, it no. you didn't listen last week you know I've, I've checked the numbers you people where were you so uh, oh, I can't be bothered yeah. uh, we'll <laughs> listen to last one. week so I was really I eloquent I don't know really it does It does look like I mean could they just do a straight swap could Freikinen go to Sauber would he want to go to Sauber no, or would he quit. sod off to some random random series like he did during his Gap year. I think him and Alonso at IndyCar. That would be good. I'd watch that. They'd have a lovely time. Although Button's piss shit scared of IndyCar. He's racing random things in Japan anyway. One change that is confirmed is that Lando Norris will line up alongside Carlos Sainz at McLaren in 2019. Norris, who is challenging for the F2 championships and has a very strong social media game, will take the role of a talented young Brit alongside a much more experienced Spaniard. Does that sound familiar? Yes. No. I mean, yes, but it's different. Because when Hamilton came into Formula One, McLaren were at the top of their game, yeah. and he had like a year of testing in the car beforehand. Uh, so what's going to happen next year is Lando Norris is going to be... Norris hasn't even done testing. He's, he's, he's not, done some practice he's sessions. He's not even wiped his ass. <laughs> he's he's going to probably... I think he's going to try and signs, but I think he's going to be trouncing him for maybe scoring a point every now and again I think McLaren will be woeful next year uh, they're even going to be challenging worse. for what, what, what I'd like to call the Sorotkin point exactly the kind of someone's Tenth been disqualified <laughs> I've got a yeah. point yeah <laughs> So that this means that Norris is going to be replacing Fernando Alonso who as we discussed last episode is retiring from F1 one man who can't wait for him to go is Kevin Magnussen of Hayes. <gasps> the Dane clashed with Alonso Hayes. twice during qualifying in Italy and afterwards said Alonso thinks he is a god. I think we've got some audio here from Magnussen actually. Oh, is this what I do an impression? Yeah. What, where's he from again? He's Dan- Danish. Oh, what's so, Danish? Da- uh, Sandy Toxvig. Oh, Sandy Toxvig. Jan, oh. Jan Magnussen. Sorry, Sandy Toxvig is all I need. <laughs> Remember when the bake-off was funny? Nor do I. <laughs> I used to be on number 73 with Neil Buchanan. Then I fucking ruined QI and the Bake Off. This isn't, this isn't Terry being sexist. This is actually that Sandy Toxvic is demonstrably shit. Wow. Is that, I don't that know what that's to do. That seems a weird, weird thing for that. Kevin Magnuson yeah, to say. But yeah, but you know he's, got, he's really opinionated on he's British He's got his TV. point. There we go, we're done. <laughs> we were in a kind of six or eight cars in a bit of a group, but at the end of the exit, Ascari. Fernando that? was warming. I can't do a sorry, Danish. I don't sorry. know what Danish is. Just get in. You need a phrase. Danish, so bacon, Danish, bacon. Yummy, 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 yummy. Suck my balls, honey. Suck my balls, honey. We six or eight cars. Yummy, 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 yummy. At the end of the Ascari, Fernando was warming his brakes. I think so, not going faster. I'm going fast, so I just cruise past him. Danish bacon, Danish bacon, yummy, 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 yum. But then for some reason he decides to try and accelerate and he gets close to me rather than create a gap as everyone else is doing. Danish bacon, Danish bacon, yummy, 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 yum. Obviously he got the perfect slipstream and thought he could overtake it to turn one, but I'd rather hang myself. He came to me after qualifying and he laughed to my face. Just outright disrespectful. I can't wait for him to retire. 
Yeah. <laughs> I really hope Matt doesn't listen to this because you know the rules on singing. Yeah, what producer, are the rules? producer Matt's Don't not sing. here, so Terry's singing. That wasn't singing. I mean, that was singing. <laughs> Summarise. I, 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 I quite like this spat between Magnuson and Alonso because Alonso's clearly just sort of deluded by his own grandeur mm-hmm. and Magnuson clearly just doesn't give a shit about anyone. It's just like, oh, I'll fight you all. was being a twat. I no, mean, he was, he I agree. Totally fucked, he was just totally a dick and he just thinks, oh, everyone's going to listen to my radio, I don't care. So but if there's, on, if there's on one Magnuson. driver on the grid that won't put up with anyone's shit, it's Kevin it's Magnuson. Mr. Ballsuck. Mm. Exactly. They should uh, host Bake Off. That would be good. Kevin <laughs> <right>? Magnuson <laughs> and Fernando Alonso. <laughs> on your marks, get set, get off me! Why suck my balls? It's ball-sucking week. Okay, and today's technical challenge is... <laughs> Finally, are we going to get some new manufacturers in F1 from 2021 when all the rules change? No, according to FIA superhero Jean Todt. Even though the rules were specifically developed to bring newcomers in, according to Autosport, with the process of framing the rules having dragged on, Tot said that the indications now are that no new entrants will come initially. Which means, once again, F1 is hopeless. <sighs> What's the fucking point? So the whole reason they're changing the bloody rules, the, the raison d'etre for putting all these new things in place, cost-cutting, simplified engines, was to try and get some new people to come in and you know everything would be cheaper to run and you get the likes of Cosworth and Ilmore and everyone coming back in and doing their engines and now apparently no it's not worked they've it's been just faddling around for so long trying to sort out what's going to happen that everyone's just gone now you're alright it's because they allow the teams to have a say this is the this is the worst hangover of the Bernie era is going of which there are many of which there are many but one which is the teams have got a say in all this and obviously the teams aren't ever going to agree to anything that might go against them and all the teams are like oh we know Mercedes and Ferrari and, and even Red Bull are like we know we don't want to make it's anything it's the lunatics running the asylum yeah, we don't want to make anything happen that might mean we don't win so fuck off and that's stalling everything nothing gets done what you need is Liberty to come down and go these are the rules if you want to fuck off and do a Ferrari Formula 1 on your own then fuck off Otherwise, we're doing it this way, and if you win this way, then you're a better person for it. If you don't win this way, you're obviously shit. Now, fuck off. I, I'd vote for you. Mm. Yep. Well, are you Maybe running I against Tots in the next... Uh, I think what I should. reason have they got for not doing that? Have because the teams, they're going, oh, yeah, but but it's really expensive. Yeah, because now they, now they have legal rights, unfortunately, because oh. Bernie wrote it into the contracts that they can have a say. It's going to be very... Basically, they're going to have to vote to, for themselves not to have a say we in the future. We can't call teams. What if all of our staff haven't got jobs? They're going to cry. Do you want them to cry, Liberty? No, they'll get jobs in the new teams because all the fucking Formula 1 teams are based in the same fucking 20 miles. So if Mercedes has to half their workforce then fucking Terry Saunders racing which I'm launching today couldn't employ them all it's fine I for one am looking forward to TSR's debut TSR is going to be bloody great all the sponsors are going to be hipster swear brands and Huel and are you you a Huel man no oh I think Huel's stupid are you a Huel man yeah I have Huel every day oh fucking hell I'm dressed like a hipster Phil is one (laughs) secret hipster So now it's time for the teams, and we'll start with Ferrari. An easy one too for Ferrari on home soil, which is the first four, we did just look this up, so it's a fact, 16 years. Except Vettel had the hump because 
He wasn't allowed to play first in qualifying and then buggered up the start. Then Kimi, in surely his last true chance for a win, smelled his tails and was a sitting duck. Could they have done better? They should yes. have fucking yeah. won this race. Yes. They Kimi Raikkonen got the fastest lap in F1 history, which is kind of... Fast. Whatever, you know, don't really care. But they should have... 63 something miles an hour. Doesn't sound that fast, really, does it? Average. It's pretty quick. Yeah, but, you know, that's it's a fast track. But anyway, so... 1-2 was in the cards. You know, they got a 1-2 in qualifying. Had the fastest car. Had the fastest car. Home advantage. Home advantage. Vettel did yet another... I don't want to say mistake. It's just like... You know, look... Do you remember in Singapore last year when he... He, he fucked up the start because he's quite... He's still got that little kind of petulance thing. Yeah, he's a of, little impetuous sometimes. He's just a little bit of lacking patience. Yeah, it's like he, he couldn't stand that Hamilton was alongside him. He's so like he didn't a leave of, any room. He's like a dictionary example of the bad side of if you no longer go for a gap, you're no longer a racer. He's and basically... He goes for it and he fucks it up. If you look up a picture of Max Verstappen, it's just... A, you know, if you look at Max Verstappen, it's just a picture of Sebastian Vettel when he was younger. <laughs> In that situation, you'd think that Hamilton was more likely to spin... And it's quite weird actually yeah. that Vettel spun. It's impressive that he hit him in the side and spun himself. Yeah. That's it's like sort of when two. Have you ever seen videos of two people with exercise balls run into each other and they go I flying off in, a, in I love quite those a kind of videos. direction? I'm addicted to fail videos. No, they're brilliant, aren't they? Because I don't tend to do active things that will mean I'm going to do something stupid. But the nearest I come to that is karting, which I've not mentioned this week, but I'm feeling a lot better. I think this week's hey. actually been quite good. Still in a bit of pain, but it's getting better. Good. Which means, according to Wikipedia, it was a cracked rib, because that takes six weeks to heal, whereas a bruised rib is three weeks. So I think I'm on course for like a cracked rib. You've Described retired. this last week. I've retired from racing. You've like Mark Webber. You know, you're done. You don't even have a race license anymore. I'm Mark Blundell. <laughs> but we should talk about Raikkonen who, let's face it, we all want him to win. It was a bit it was a bit horrible when Hamilton passed him. She was just like, oh, come on, mate. I always wonder this, right? If you're a driver, I know you're competitive, but is there any part of you going, oh, it's his last chance. Let's, I'll let him win. I mean, you would think with the speed advantage that Ferrari had on their home soil, with Raikkonen on pole, who apparently has it written into his contract that if he qualifies ahead of Vettel then team orders aren't allowed wow apparently oh. this is all third hand they must have loved doing that other contract which I, like, wonder if, I wonder if that was why Vettel was pissed off because like, oh, he was like the claws, fucking damn it I the can't. fucking claws <laughs> but um, th- th- it wasn't his fault it was his think. fault no it wasn't it this was. was this was Ferrari not telling him that he'd already got the gap down to Hamilton because this all happened when, when Hamilton went off and did his hammer time thing after Raikkonen appeared and have Raikkonen, we talked before Raikkonen, about the hammer time coming up on the billboard thing oh no that's Jesus Christ that's something no there's annoying. a few things like that and there's live, live points updates and all that no kind of the stuff. points updates are fine it's saying hammer time is just like going now we've just got the driver's catchphrases like what are we going to have like suck my go, balls <laughs> Suck my balls! I'm a, actually, I'm, I'm down with that. Or Vettel going, Charlie says, or something, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's crossing a line of professionality. But this all came down to Raikkonen pitted, Hamilton stayed out, smashed in some hammer time, and got the gap below whatever the pit window was, 22 something seconds. So let's say 22 seconds. So Ferrari Garage said to Raikkonen, right, 
drive like fuck because otherwise Hamilton's going to undercut us. So Hamilton, uh, so Raikkonen starts banging in the laps, and they and never he gets gave the him the message, down, and they didn't tell him to stop. So he got the gap it's down like to twenty two seconds. An email. Exactly, he got the gap down to twenty two seconds, which is all that he needed. But then for about another six or seven laps, he was continuing to smash in super fast laps. Got the gap down to something like eighteen seconds, which was way closer than he needed, but completely fucked his tires. So by so the, the end of the race, going, oh, you did tell Kimi to stop, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, I did. Oh fuck, oh shit, I didn't send that email. Oh, fuck. Uh, so um, so yeah, it was Ferrari's fault. It was a strategic error. And, Fair enough. And one of, as one of our listeners on Facebook said, they Ferrari it up again. That they had all the cards funny. and they balls it up. Mercedes. After so many races where Hamilton comes on the radio moaning about strategy, Mercedes nailed it. As a team, they used Bottas to slow up Kimi and left Lewis out in case of a safety car, leaving him with fresher tyres at the end. Angry, crying Italian fans said that they were being unfair. Were they being unfair? I mean, Ferrari fans saying that the team orders Mercedes used was unfair is, is the pot throwing racism accusations around. I mean, honestly... Yeah, um, they did it, well. They they fucking nailed it. I think There's that no you know that's how team orders should work. Basically, and by by leaving Bottas out, made him go quicker, which meant he got ahead of Verstappen. Basically, my brain hurts, but I'm going to assume. I mean, that's he was right. behind Verstappen, but he got ahead because he Verstappen cheated. But he wouldn't have been close to Verstappen had Mercedes said stay out and keep coming behind you. Brilliant teamwork from Mercedes. You know, they always say F1 is a team. makes the dream work. Exactly. They always say that F1 is a team sport. This was a very good example of it. Bottas, you know. Can they not give the moustache guy a chair? You know the the Herbert, what's his name? Oh, the the guy with the magnificent beard and curly moustache. Who stands next to Toto Wolff. He looks a little bit like an old, short... Oh, no, no, sorry, you're talking about somebody else. No, you're talking about Dr. Zetcher. Yes, him. Dr. Z, yeah. Who's always next to Wolff. The Monopoly guy. Give him a fucking stool. Um, no, excellent from Mercedes, excellent from Hamilton. You know, that move around the outside of Kimi that ended up with Vettel bashing into him could have ended in disaster, but luckily didn't. But it was a fucking great overtaker move. And then the little ding-dong yeah with Raikkonen, that was jolly exciting. And he mm-hmm. richly deserved mm-hmm. the win. Red Bull. Oh, yeah, they were there. Just when you thought all Kevin and Perry references were too old to make... Along comes Verstappen saying, I don't care, during a race. Ricardo farted out his Red Bull career, praying that the smoke wasn't his beloved new employer's engine. So Terry, Max, twat? I mean, we've already discussed it, but I happily say again, yes, absolute tool. But Ricardo, I mean... Unlucky. It wasn't the engine, though. It wasn't, it was his clutch. It was his clutch. It was his yeah. clutch. So, you know... But, I mean, he's having sort of... Uh, a shit year. He's having Hartley levels of luck lately. That's the fourth time in six races that he's had some sort of mechanical... Yeah, but that's why he's up. moving. Yeah. That may well be. Yeah, and Verstappen's not a quite... Mind you, I haven't said that last year. Verstappen had a ton of uh, a ton of mechanicals, so maybe it's just Ricardo's turn. Maybe. But um, He's won more races than Verstappen. It uh, wasn't a classic for Red Bull, was it? They are in danger of... I mean, they're still ahead of everybody else, apart from Mercedes and Ferrari, but they are possibly in danger of slipping back towards the mid-pack, do we think? Or is that overstating it? I, like I said earlier, I think there's a chance that... With the Honda engine and Verstappen and Gasly next year. I don't think Verstappen and Gasly is as strong as Verstappen and Ricciardo. No. And I don't think the Honda engine is going to be as good as the Renault engine. I think they're going to slip back. Oh, it's going to be fun watching Max Verstappen go, but I should be winning! 
Falls India have now hit seventh in the championship after two races, doing a great job of making all the shit teams look really shit. Perez didn't change his tyres, which is a bit like that band you see after three disappointing albums playing their hit, but then it's not being as good as you remember. I can't remember what happened. Pause for effect. No, <laughs> I can't if remember. If we, can't, if we don't know without looking it up, it doesn't so, go in. Racing Point, Force India... Uh, are a new team they've done two races they're seventh in the championship they're only 30 points behind McLaren that is embarrassing for all the other teams so frankly it doesn't really matter what they did in the race Phil you don't even have to look it up it's fine I don't know what they did in the race Perez didn't change his tyres for ages Ocon can't remember (laughs) (laughs) dirty cheating Assholes were excluded from the race because they are dirty cheats who didn't change some boring floor spec, even though they told the FIA they couldn't in time and they would do it by Singapore and they didn't hear back. Thought it was fun to the banana stitch. Renault moaned to Charlie. Magnussen, however, did such a shit race. He didn't need to be disqualified. What actually happened to Magnussen? He was like last. I didn't see what was going. I don't. I don't remember it what was, was going shit. on. He was way off the back, and I don't he know was why. Just last. He was too busy making He's not really that long crap, statements. And the car's not that crap. Something must have happened to him. Yeah, he was last. If you're Kevin Magnussen and you know what happened to you, write to us. No claim, no win. Wrong. No fee, no claim. No win, no fee. No fish, no foul. No fish, no foul. Renault. I can't remember anything. What the Renault? Were they even there? Well, Hulkenberg started at the back and was one of the guys that sort of, um, I don't know how to put it, violated Hartley at the start. Him and Ericsson squished him, knocked his wheels off. Um, Like a lobster. And Sainz was also there. Hartley is a bit like a lobster. You see him in the tank and go, I'll have that one. And then a few minutes later, he's boiled up on your plate, not winning a race. (laughs) (laughs) You see, <laughs> an excellent metaphor. What basically happens with me is I sometimes start talking, and often, I mean, I think my hit rate's quite high. I come out with something that's pretty golden, but every now and again, often you just meander into memories of Crab Shacks you went to once. <laughs> Crab Shack is a little old place where we right, get Brampton Hartley. Oh. Toro Rosso. Hartley was pinched at the start of the race, and his car just gave like up. A crap. Spectacular. Yes. yes. There's a theme going here. Yes. Yeah, um, Gasly didn't even see him. Hartley, unlucky bastard. Next, Williams. Oh. As we've said before, a double point finish. <coughs> the first F1 point for Sorokin. Stroll into Q3. Holy shit! Is this the start of the comeback? Is it? No, no, no. no, no. Next, Sauber. <laughs> the crash. That's why we we haven't got anything. What what they do in the race? Leclerc didn't have a good race. Uh, fucked up his qualifying. Uh, not very good. Wow, this is going really quickly. Okay, Okay. next. McLaren. Stoffel Roffel isn't laughing anymore, and Alonso was a dick in qualifying. Did they even race? You mean, you'd think they could save money, the bottom three teams, Mm. by just not bothering on a Sunday. We wouldn't even notice. (laughs) Some some family time. Van Dorn was the other one that smashed into Hartley, so that was a thing. That got them some airtime. Uh, Alonso was a dick, and that also got them some airtime. Maybe that's their thing. They're just sort of being incompetent and, and offensive just to get on TV because otherwise mm. I mean I can't remember anything about them in the race it's, the it's only their fuck ups that I remember they're the equivalent of when there's a news reporter doing a live piece to camera and someone in the background goes boogity 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 that's Alonso all of which brings us to the standings with Terry Saunders 
Kimi Raikkonen became the fastest man in F1 history. But what other records have other drivers broken this oh. week? So, Lewis Hamilton becomes the most booed in Formula 1 history with 256 points. Uh, Sebastian Vettel becomes the most moobs in Formula 1 history. Someone sent us a picture on Facebook of his moobs. It's very confusing. Has he got moobs? Yeah, I think it's just a bad angle. Okay. There's no filters on it. Third place, the fastest lap in Formula 1 history. That's Kimi. Uh, fourth place, the wingiest man in F1 history. That's Bottas being yeah. the, the wingiest wingman. Fifth place, the most petulant little shit in F1 history. That's Max Verstappen. Sixth place, the most podium-based E. coli in F1 history. That's Ricardo. <laughs> Seventh, the least podiums in F1 history. That's Nico Hulkenberg. That is actual, an actual stat for a number of race starts. Uh, eighth place, the longest joke about balls that come back every fucking week in F1 history. It's Kevin Magnussen. Ninth place, the oldest tyres in F1 history. <laughs> Little known fact, Sergio Perez has been on the same tyres since 1974. <laughs> the shortest career for a great driver in Formula 1 history. That's Ocon, sorry mate. Uh, 11th place, the most hilarious Darren Ford in F1 history. That's Alonso. And 12th place, the quickest forgotten in F1 history. That's Carlos Sainz, already oh, yeah. going from my memory. He's like the Rio Harrianto of Renault. Don't know what that means. Or wherever he is now. Oh, is he Rio still Harrianto. Oh God, yeah. I, I actually don't know what team Sainz is in. Yeah. Uh, the most accident-prone driver in F1 history, that's Roman Grosjean. Oh, I missed out. Uh, the first animated character in F1 history, that's Pierre Gasly. <laughs> the first man to be saved by a halo in F1 history, that's Charles Leclerc. Yeah. Uh, who? That's just Stoffel Van Dorn. <laughs> Dead to me now. <laughs> the richest and unliked in the paddock most boy in F1 history is Lance Stroll. Uh, 18th place, the most looking like he enjoys himself on Instagram but knows he's shit in F1 history, that's Marcus Ericsson. <laughs> Uh, the unluckiest man in F1 history is Brendan Hartley and in that I'm including those that have died <laughs> Terry and in 20th place they're making my fucking standings a whole person longer Jesus Christ in F1 history it's Sergei Sorokin with his solitary point making everything longer than it fucking needs to be you twat did I read this week that Sorokin getting a point means that every driver has scored a point this season which is the first time that's ever happened I don't know did you might have done. I'm not in your bed next to you whilst you're reading. Oh, oh what are you reading, Phil? You are in my heart, though. <laughs> and the constructors. So, I thought, we're, we're at a point in the season where everything, let's face it, is getting quite boring and tedious and repetitive. So I thought the team should go on a kind of team-building exercise. <laughs> and the best team-building exercise is building a raft out of a couple of barrels and some oh, sticks. God. Don't we fucking love that? So <laughs> here's what happened when all the teams went on this exercise that I made up. So Mercedes, the whole team made a really good raft whilst Bottas was in the coffee queue holding up all the other teams going, I'm just ordering... Uh, have you got any soy milk? Uh, it's, just, it's just that Lewis wants soy milk and, um, you know, no, don't worry guys, you'll get to the raft, it's fine. In second place, Ferrari, they take it in turns to go first in the raft, but Kimi is rowed to the middle of the lake and won't, isn't coming back and my little battle has his, have his turn. Red Bull, the raft sinks and Verstappen blames the water. In fourth place, the raft is a bit rubbish, but they're saving it up as a proper rope for next year. That's Renault. In fifth place, the raft does well, but it's illegal, and Grosjean manages to crash into a boy. Sixth place, the raft sinks, but they won't admit it. That's McLaren. Seventh place, the raft owes a lot of money, but the new raft is the same, doesn't owe any money. Eighth place, Toro Rosso. The raft is okay, but one half just explodes. Really unlucky. Ninth place, Sauber. The raft is so good, but the team is a bit wistful about losing it to Ferrari next year. And in tenth place, Williams. The raft they made has lots of pictures of older, better rafts on it. <laughs> this bodes very well for the Canadian Grand Prix next year when they do a raft race, don't they? 
Maybe I'll get involved. I would like to see all this happen. Yes, we'll write to the teams. So now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. Me again. Okay, I'm going to talk about soiled goods. Lando Norris is heading to McLaren as the new bright young thing. And there have been comparisons to Lewis Hamilton and all the pressure that that brings. But Lewis Hamilton's meta... Lewis Hamilton... But Lewis Hamilton's meteoric rise from McLaren rookie to four-time champion might not be the wisest comparison, as despite being known as a historically successful team, McLaren have fucked up a lot and taken some promising driver careers with them. So I'm going to go through now some of the drivers that haven't done so well at McLaren. Son of Mario, not the plumber, Michael Andretti slotted into the team in 1993 and was shit alongside Senna. I mean, maybe he was just shit, but the car was a bit of a dog and he was never in F1 again. Replacing Senna was his old F2 rival and current national treasure, Martin Brundle. And after years of driving in dog cars, he was driving for McLaren. And in 1993, the car was shit, didn't win any races. Likewise, in 1995, a hot young thing with a weirdly similar name to Martin Brundle, Mark Blundell, that was weird, wasn't it? There's lots of chances. Was driving for the team that would surely be back on top four, but the car was shit. They even got Nigel Manson in for some races and made the car too small for him to get in. He had not put on weight, how dare you? In the more modern age, after Alonso flounced off the first time, he was replaced by Heike Kovalainen. Yes, I'd forgotten he'd existed too. And Hamilton himself was replaced by Mr. Wontire Perez. How you must dream of the championships ahead of you when you sign for fucking McLaren and instead you drive their shitty 2013 car and finish 11th in the championship and Perez had a best finish of 9th. Oh, oh, how McLaren would dream of those results now. And before Paul Stoffel comes along, there's Magnussen. He's got a second place in his first race with the team. Oh my God, the team are back on the up. They're going to win again, 11th in the championship. But don't worry, I have a solution. Quite simply, Lando, if you're listening, don't do it. (laughs) You're not going to be the next Max Verstappen in a 2019 McLaren. This is the first year in living memory that I go into the following season with zero optimism for McLaren. They are not going to be any good. They're not going to sort out their problems. They're not going to win races. They're not going to get a podium by Barcelona. They're going to be awful. They're not going to turn it around. And we are not sending any Stofferoffel t-shirts. Lando, you will be destroyed. In two years, when they drop you for the triumphant return of Indy Star Alonso, (laughs) we'll all go, oh yeah, she's a bit shit, like we do with Stoffel now. Give up your seat and drive for Toro Rosso. It will work out better for you in the end. No one has ever driven there and not gone on to success. No one. Everyone in Toro Rosso has always done well. Yeah. Don't think too hard about it, Phil. Just agree. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So yeah, Lando, if you're listening, just, just, mate, right. don't. McLaren are like, just bad. Bad this, vibes. This is not news to him, though. Is it? I mean, he's been he's been in this kind of little world of Formula Two and winning and all this kind of shit. Maybe he hasn't watched the telly. He hasn't put the news on. I actually watched the Formula Two race at the Monza weekend. It was fucking great. brilliant. Formula Two is the biggest secret of Formula One in that it's fucking brilliant. It was great. They had um, I've forgotten the guy's name, um, the Japanese driver who'd never got a podium before, did a completely different race strategy and ended up winning the race. I think we should do a Formula Two and podcast. Then Norris and Russell and and Alexander Albran we're having a brilliant battle about fibre or something and uh, and it was really good yeah Formula 2 is amazing yeah maybe we should do a Formula 2 podcast for for F2's sake for Formula 1's sake plus one that's copyright before anyone nicks it for WFT WTF2 (laughs) (laughs) 
that is it from us. It, it is goodbye to Phil Tromans. We've not had time to talk about F1 teams with three cars, which is what Toto Wolf wants. He wants all teams to be able to have a third car, but the rules will be that it has to be a young driver with less than two years' experience. Because they're got, all young now. Well, they've got too many young drivers that they don't know what to do with. Like they've got George Russell and they've got Ocon, and they've got no places for him. So um, that's an idea, and it'll never happen. And to Terry Saunders. We haven't had time to talk about, as I'm on the Autosport, Autosport website now, just trying to work out what we haven't time to talk about, and I'm just going to read a random article title, <laughs> Smith on the brink of the Aprilia test deal. Ah. Is that Bradley Smith? I don't know. Bradley Smith <laughs> testing for Aprilia in, uh, in MotoGP. Could be. We have well, definitely not had time to talk about that. <laughs> we will be back soon to discuss the Singapore Grand Prix. Singapore. We'll be back soon. Singapore, more like. <laughs> or Singapore. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake, and follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake. You can buy stuff, but no one ever does. Where? No, some people do. Some We've people. sold something. Yeah, people have got t-shirts. www.ff1s forward slash dot com shop. Wait, no, that's not right. That's fine, they'll work it out. Dot com forward, what? No, no, they'll work it out. ff1s.com slash shop shop shop. No, you're giving away the anagram. No. It's like, it's like the t-shirts. It's like the conundrum at the end of countdown. Can you ever do the conundrum at the end of countdown? Never can. I've sometimes got it on eight out of ten cats does countdown. But this is beside the point. Buy some t-shirts. They're genuinely. They're really good. They're good quality. I wear mine quite a lot, even though it was free. And, <laughs> and you, you should buy them because by I don't doing wear so, mine. You support the podcast. Chica, do you wear your t-shirt? Absolutely. It's not. essentially I find this podcast it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's essentially buying us a pint. Well, I mean, two pints because they're not cheap. But we're in London. Pints cost a lot. I think she cries. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Podcast Network.